Feels good. Well, uh, if any of you, uh, church, is a, a parent of a school-aged child, or a, a student in school, or a teacher of a class, or an administrator in any level of school, public or private, or if you have a job where you've had to, to work or manage other people's work from home over the past several months, I don't need to remind you that our world is a bit chaotic right now. In our home, all five of us fit at least one, if not several, of those categories. And with the start of school this week, uh, let me just put it this way, things got real in our home, okay? On Tuesday morning, we had five children and one adult in our house who were all trying to do online school at the same time. We had a couple of neighbors over. They were, they were all trying to do online school at the same time. They were trying to figure out schedules and technology and assignments, uh, who was going to be on which device, in which room, uh, at what time and for what purpose. It was absolute chaos. Now, when I work from home, I'm usually secluded up on the the third floor of our house in my office, and I often wear these noise-canceling headphones so that I am oblivious to what is going on below me. But at one point on Tuesday, I, I took off my headphones, and from my upstairs office, I heard children screaming and running through the hallway below me. And it sounded like thunder, and it shook my house like an earthquake. It it felt like Armageddon was happening inside of my house. And so uh, I went downstairs to check in on my wife and to see how she was doing. And and when I got into the kitchen, Lindsay was leaning on the counter with her head down and her eyes closed. (laughs) In the midst of the absolute chaos and confusion and craziness of our home and our offices and the virtual academy that we're now running from our house, my wife was done. It was a what-have-I-gotten-myself-into type of moment. Now, mind you, this was the second day of the school year. (laughs) We've got a long way to go, and we are weary already. And this scene was a good reminder for me of the necessity and the importance of this sermon series that we are currently in right now, where we're looking at some of the various stories and psalms and sayings from the Scripture that offer a word of wisdom for the weary. We're considering what God's Word has to say to those who are worn out and worn down by the challenges and the changes of life. And this morning, we're looking at what I believe is one of the, the best pastoral care passages in all of the scriptures, and, and one of the most appropriate psalms that I can think of for the days in which we are living. If you have someone that you are caring for, or if you yourself need some encouragement and some care in the midst of these crazy times, this psalm speaks a word of wisdom to us all. And it comes to us from Psalm 46. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn there with me. And let's consider together God's word for the weary. Now the reason that this psalm is is so important for pastoral care moments 
and for the, the craziness and the chaos of our times is because its context, the context of this psalm, as we see in verses 2 and 3, is set in the midst of absolute chaos. It describes the earth giving way, the mountains being moved into the heart of the sea, the great waters roaring and foaming, the mountains trembling at the raging of the sea. It's a description of a combination of an earthquake and a landslide and an ocean storm and a raging flood. Now, these are, are likely metaphors that the psalmist is using. There's no historical record of all of these things ever happening at the same time in the life of Israel. Instead, these images, they point us towards the storms of life and, and, and the various challenges and, and chaotic moments that we all eventually face in a fallen and a broken world. The, the earth giving way may represent the moments in life where it feels like the ground under our feet is unsteady. The mountains falling into the heart of the sea may represent the moments where, where those things in our lives which we had previously believed to be solid and, and unshakable and dependable and, and trustworthy are suddenly being shaken to their very core. The waters roaring and foaming is a, a common metaphor throughout the Old Testament for, for chaos and for confusion. The mountains trembling may be an image of, of uncertainty, of weak knees, and of failing strength. What the psalmist is describing are those moments where it feels like the world is falling apart around you. When everything that you've depended upon is is taken away. When everything that you were certain about suddenly feels unsure. When the very foundations of your life and well-being feel fragile and vulnerable, threatened by some kind of, of raging storm, it describes a world or a life that's in turmoil. Does that resonate with anyone? As you navigate the chaos of educating your children in a completely new and and foreign manner, where everything that you've known about education is thrown out the window and you're starting from scratch with a computer in your home, does it all feel a bit chaotic and uncertain? Does it cause you to worry about how you'll do it? Does it give you stress about how your child will respond? How their development will be affected? As you navigate an uncertain economy and continuing high unemployment, does it create in you some level of anxiety about your job security? As you continue to hear about the public health crisis of of this global pandemic, does it create concern for you about, about your health? Does it cause you to be fearful of what may happen to you or to those that you love if someone were to contract the virus? Or are there other storms going on in your life? completely unrelated to the broader concerns that our world is dealing with right now? Are there relational storms in your marriage or your family? Are there health storms with you or your parents? Are there storms of addiction to to drink or to drug or to sex? Is there something else that's causing life around you to feel fragile or, or like it may be on the verge of crumbling and falling apart around you? Psalm 46 reminds us that there are times when the world and when our lives feel like they are in absolute turmoil, that a storm is raging and creating chaos and destruction all around us, like the world as we know it is falling apart. And while it's important to be reminded that this reality can descend in very particular ways upon anyone at any time, 
It's also important to acknowledge that that in large-scale ways, nationally and, and globally, this reality of chaos has descended upon us all in some form or fashion over the past six months. Psalm 46 is a psalm for 2020. And the reason that it's such an important psalm for us to be familiar with is because it proclaims that in the midst of the storms of our lives, that we have a hiding place. The opening words of the psalm proclaims that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. With these words, the psalmist describes God as a place of safety that we can flee to in order to find shelter from the chaos in which we find ourselves. He is a refuge. And the psalmist describes God as a a very present help. Some versions of the scriptures translate this phrase as an an ever-present help or a a well-proven help. It's the idea that at any moment in time, this refuge, this, this safe haven that we have in God is available to us. And that people have come and found strength and safety and comfort in Him over and over and over again. And He's never failed. He is always present And he is well proven. The psalm reminds us that God is our help in the midst of the storms of life. And in the verses that follow, the psalmist describes why that is the case. Why God is a refuge and a strength. And from the the violence and chaos of verse 2 and 3, the psalmist turns in verses 4 through 7 to the tranquility that is found in the presence of God. In the place where he dwells. And what's interesting to note is that that many of the geographic elements and and the verbs that are used to describe the chaos in the first part of the psalm are present here in verses 4 through 7 as well. But, But in these latter verses, the chaotic elements have been completely transformed into peaceful symbols of God's goodness and His presence. So the roaring and the foaming chaotic waters in verse 3 are replaced in the presence of God by the river of life in verse 4. The river of life is described in Revelation 22 as waters that are bright as a crystal, flowing from the throne of God through the middle of the streets of the city to water the tree of life which brings healing to the nations. In God's presence, the waters are no longer chaotic and destructive, but are peaceful and are healing. In contrast to the earth that gives way and the quaking of the trembling mountains in verses 2 and 3, in the presence of God we see in verse 5 that the earth shall not be moved. In the presence of God, the ground upon which we stand is secure. Its foundation is strong. So what is chaotic and often destructive in the midst of our world finds its peace and redemptive purpose in the presence of of our God. And the reason that we are told that there is this peace in the presence of our God is because he speaks it. In verse 3, we're told that the waters roar. In verse 6, we're told that the nations rage. All of the storms and the chaos in our lives has a way of, of speaking to us, of shouting at us. It captures all of our attention and our focus onto our problems. It causes us to lose 
perspective of everything else, and, and it blows our problems way out of proportion. The storm is all that we can see, all that we can focus on when it's yelling at us. But in response to the storms which shout at us and demand our attention, we're told in verse 6 that God speaks. That in the midst of the raging storm, he utters his voice and the earth melts. The psalmist reminds us that at the word of the Lord, the chaos of our world melts away. I think this was really beautifully illustrated in our gospel reading today from Mark chapter 4, where in the midst of a raging storm with his disciples out on a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, fearing for their lives, they called out to Jesus and said, Do you not care that we are perishing? It felt like they were going to die. The storm was all that they could pay attention to. It was all that they could think about. It was consuming all of their focus. It was causing great fear. And it was in the midst of that chaos and fear when Jesus spoke, when he uttered his voice. Jesus rebuked the storm and said to the raging sea, Peace, be still. And it was still. At the voice of the Lord, the winds ceased and there was a great calm. When God utters his voice, the storms melt away. Wouldn't that be nice? Church, let me ask you a question. Wouldn't it be nice if we could access that kind of refuge in the midst of the storms of our lives? Wouldn't it be beneficial when everything around us feels chaotic and out of control if we could flee to that kind of shelter in God? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could access that kind of peace that causes the chaos of our lives to melt away? How do we access this refuge? But where do we find this type of shelter? How do we do it? In verses 8 through 11, the psalmist tells us. Throughout this psalm, there are scenes which describe the chaotic reality of our lives, and there are scenes which describe the peace in the presence of God that we long for in our lives. But in the midst of all of that, there are only two imperatives, or two commands In this psalm, where we as the reader are given instruction as to what we are actually to do in order to escape the chaos of this world and to experience the peace of our God. In verse 8, we are told to come and behold the works of the Lord. And in verse 11, we're instructed to be still and to know that God is God. The way in which we access the the refuge that God offers to us in the midst of the storms of our lives is by being still before the Lord and considering His works, both in this world and in our lives. And these two instructions, they, they work together. Normally, when we face difficult circumstances in our lives, we, we either work really hard on fixing our problems or, or we distract ourselves from feeling our problems. And the end result is is that we stay so busy and distracted that we don't hear the Lord speak to us in the midst of our problems. We don't give ourselves time or space, attention or focus, in order to be able to behold His works. The very thing that we need 
that we are instructed to do, we deny ourselves by our frenetic activity and and mindless distractions. Those solutions never give us the peace that we're looking for. Instead, if we want to find the refuge in God that is spoken of in this psalm, we have to first be still. We have to come into his presence, present ourselves before him, and, and just be quiet. Just listen to his voice, spoken by the Spirit, written in the Scriptures. We have to be still before God. And then we can begin to find the clarity or the focus that is necessary to be able to remember and to consider and to apply the works of God to our own lives. It's a little bit like I had an illustration this week. I was going to use the two bottles illustration where this water was supposed to be crystal clear and I was going to shake one of them up and remind us that when our world is active and busy, we lose all clarity. But if we will be still, the sediment of our lives will settle. And this was supposed to be crystal clear and it was going to be a really effective illustration. And you can kind of get the gist of it here, but this illustration didn't really work because my water never clarified after hours and hours and hours of sitting. So that's the look into the problems that preachers sometimes face. But I've thought of another illustration that I think also applies the principle. One of my favorite places in the world is, is the North Carolina coast. And the North Carolina coast from north of Atlantic Beach down to, to Wrightsville Beach is what's known as the Crystal Coast. And it's known as that because of its crystal blue waters. Now, if you've ever been out there, you know that on a day when the wind is blowing and the waves are large and the storm is, or the seas are kind of stormy, that, 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 that crystal blue water goes away. It becomes a green, murky color, and you can't see your hand an inch below the water. If, if you were submersed in that water, you wouldn't be able to tell which way is up and which way is down, which way is forward and which way is backward. You can't see anything in the midst of that water. The, the, the chaos of the environment makes it all murky where you, you can't see clearly. But if you go out there on a day when the winds are calm and the waves are small and gentle, the seas are, are, are at peace, you can stand in six feet of water and look down and see every one of your toes wiggling on the ocean floor. There's perfect clarity. You can see exactly what you need to see when the elements are, are, are still and at peace and, and calm. And we're the same way in our lives. When, when we're busy and frenetic and chaotic by the storm, we can't see clearly and accurately what's before us. But when we become still before the Lord, We're able to see clearly the work of his hands. We're able to hear the utterances of his voice. We're we're reminded in those moments of what is true about life and about ourselves. We're reminded that God is the creator of all of the earth. That his son, Jesus, by his life and death upon the cross, has overcome the world. That he, the Lord, sits enthroned above the floods. That no matter how out of control things may seem, we are reminded in those moments that God is in control of it all. We can see it with clarity. When we are still and we gain clarity, we're reminded of His love for us, and of His care for us, and of His faithful provision for us in our life and in our death. When we're still, we remember that God loves us like a good father, that He sticks with us closer than a brother that He will never leave us or forsake us, 
that he will walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death, no matter what storms we're facing. When we're still and we consider his works, we're reminded that he takes even the very worst things in this life and he uses them for our ultimate good to grow us and transform us more and more into his image day by day so that in the end we will actually be better off for having gone through our trials and struggles than if we hadn't ever faced them at all. The circumstances don't often change, but God changes us in the midst of them. When we're still and when we contemplate the works of God, we remember that upon the cross, Jesus has already given us shelter from, and he's seen us through the greatest storm this world will ever know, the storm of God's wrath towards sin. He bore that storm in himself so that we would never have to. When we are still and we consider his works, we are reminded that Christ has redeemed and is redeeming this broken world and our broken lives. He is making all things new. When we are still before the Lord, when we consider his works, when we hear his voice, the chaos melts. It melts away. We are reminded of the refrain of this psalm from from verse 7 and verse 11, that God is with us, that he is our fortress through the storms of life. Church, if in the midst of this season you find yourself worn out and wearied by all the challenges that you are facing in life, with school or with work or with health or with relationships or with something else entirely different, whatever it may be, If you are worn out and wearied by all of the challenges facing you in life, Psalm 46 reminds us that the way to find peace in the chaos of this world is actually quite simple. The question for us is, will we heed the Lord's instruction to be still before Him? The wind and the waves obeyed His command and found peace. Will you? If we will, the result is that whatever storms we face in this life, whatever chaos we encounter in our world, whenever the ground underneath our feet feels shaky and unsteady, we will find in God a refuge and a strength, a very present help in the midst of our troubles. And therefore, we will not fear. May it be so in our lives, for God's glory and for our good.